I'm really trying to stick to the 60 minutes. <laughs> it's so, it seems like it, it's, uh, I don't know. Sometimes I'm like, God, you know, how can we talk for an hour? And then, but it always happens. I know it's, it's weird, right? Right. It seems like when we get in a groove, it just starts going super fast. Mm-hmm. So, which is a good thing, right? Yeah, I, I think so. Can you hear me? <clears throat> um, yeah, I can't really hear myself. Okay. Yeah, that's that's better. Do we need to turn it up? No, then now it sounds really staticky. Because I usually don't have to have the mic this close. I don't. It doesn't seem as seem well, more muffled than normal. This room is shit for like echo. The mm-hmm. other room's better. <coughs> oh really? And so I'm trying to like turn the, the mic no, down. You sound normal. I feel like I can't hear myself as much as I normally do. But then you do that. Yeah. It's, yeah. But then I hear all the static. You sound normal. Right. I don't sound normal. All right. Me. I'm gonna turn you up. Keep talking. Yeah. So I think that that's better. I think that's better. Yeah, that's better. Okay. And me, how do, how do I sound? You sound good. You sound normal. Do I sound sexy? That will never happen. So <laughs> I don't know what kind of mixer you have to buy to do that. The sexy mixer? <laughs> Hold on. We need to have to use some, some kind of like, you know, X-rated auto-tune or something. <clears throat> But I got to say, these these chairs are way more comfortable. They're more comfortable, but I just wish the back was a tad higher. higher? Like, or forward? More forward? I guess. Yeah. More. Yeah. <coughs> yes. I don't know. Maybe <coughs> maybe a chair that hasn't been sat in for 50 years. <laughs> Literally 50 years. <laughs> Wait, are we recording? We are recording. The light is red, and that means we're good to go. We are... One minute and 57 seconds into recording. And, of course, I'm going to assume that we're not actually going to put any of that stuff inside this episode, right? It's all going in oh, because God. it's interesting. People like hearing it. And do they like hearing us set up the mics? I don't know. I think we have, like, uh, 11 listeners, maybe. I'll have to go back and <laughs> 11? look at the metrics. Oh, that's not bad. That's yeah. not bad. Wait, but that's but that's people that have actually subscribed to it, or is that how many people have that, that it... It marks as having listened to an episode. I think actually three people have subscribed. <laughs> okay. But, okay. Uh, listening. I think we have like uh, like sixty overall downloads. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's not bad at all. I know. <laughs> I, I get there's a couple people that I know listen religiously. Um, my buddy Yuri, my neighbor. Shout out Yuri. He's cool. Okay. All right. Um, and then uh, Thank you Yuri. We appreciate the support. Um, and then Officer Page. Officer he's Page. A, he's a friend of mine and he listens too. He gives me some good feedback, so. I, I want to make sure that uh, that it's it's made clear that neither of our significant others are in this list of people that are dedicated listeners. Right. Um, my wife, I think she'll listen to it if I remind her to. Mm-hmm. And every time <laughs> Every time that, that that I even even make any mention of it, she always says she reminds me that she can only listen to podcasts in certain environments, like mm. for example, on a long drive, uh, during a long workout. That that she can't be told, especially by me, <laughs> when she should be listening to an episode. So I pretty much left it up to her, and and when she when she actually listens to it and comes back to me with some feedback, then I just take it wholeheartedly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, wives, you know, moms, they have a limited amount of free time. They do. To where they, they can do. pay attention to things, especially when they it's our voices. So <laughs> they're like we we've we've heard this day in day out. I don't need to hear it again, and especially if they're going to talk about something that I have no interest in anyway. Exactly. So. Exactly. Well, one thing that I think that 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 all of us probably have interest in is the the topic that we were going to talk about today. So we were going to talk about our kids and kind of our views on. Uh, I think I think a, th- a thing that that is kind of universal for all kids is is what are parental expectations and. Mm-hmm. Um, I think where this all started and, and when I brought it up to Preston was because, um, 
so my my oldest daughter uh, or my my oldest child who is my only daughter her name is Charlotte and so Charlotte we got an email from the teacher saying that she was going to get an award this week mm-hmm. um you know with with a bunch of you know the or not a bunch but some of the other kids in her class and so we didn't know what award it was um <clears throat> and so you know we're excited about it because she's going to get some sort of recognition yeah um what grade we, what grade uh, she's she? in first grade she's okay. in first grade so Anyways, uh, my wife, uh, Steph, she was the one that actually went to the awards ceremony. And so, you know, I was watching Noah, who's our two-year-old. And so she texted me and she, she said, oh, you know, she got it. She got an award for perseverance. Ah. Perseverance, right? And so yeah, perseverance, I, that's something that is really important for me yeah. to teach my kids because I feel like perseverance, resilience, like these are some of the uh, the character traits that that are going to meet you know make her really successful or mm-hmm. any of the kids successful later on in life but being recognized for perseverance in the classroom setting yeah you know the first thing that crossed my mind is well is she getting an award for perseverance because she was not doing good at something and right. so therefore she kept at it which again it's a, it's a good quality but you know coming from an asian background right. um you know you it's like you don't even want to admit that your kid would have struggled with anything anyways, that they would have to be awarded for perseverance, right? It's, it kind of reminds me of, of uh, you know, like in high school uh, sports or something like that where you get most improved, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, like most improved means you weren't, <laughs> you weren't as good as you ended up being or yeah. you need to be recognized for going from whatever, you know, low level that you were to wherever you ended up. And so anyway, so... But with that said, I told Steph that I thought the positive thing about it was that uh, Charlotte especially, she's someone who I feel like she gets frustrated very easily. So mm-hmm. if she shows perseverance, even a school setting, that's a good thing because that means that the trait that we see at home that we struggle with is something that she's being recognized for at school. So some of these other rewards that they gave, you know, were, you know, things like creativity, kindness, um, curiosity, yeah. right? Curiosity. Um, that's an interesting Yeah, I know. <laughs> curiosity to me, it's like that, that shouldn't be an award. I mean, every, every kid should be curious, I would, uh, I would think, right? Yeah. Or, or I mean, I mean, I guess, I guess, you know, something that Charlotte says all the time, you know, which, which really rubs me the wrong way. She always says like, I'm so bored, right? Uh. I'm so bored. And I, and, and I, and I always think like, first of all, you have so many toys, so many things at home. Like how could you possibly be bored? Right. right? But the other thing too, is that I feel like when someone keeps talking about being bored, it's to me, it's, it's, I worry about that because I, I remember when I was a kid, um, you know, that I was just constantly going like Mm -hmm. I, you couldn't stop me because I, 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 you know, I jumped from one thing to another thing to another thing. And like, I would just be like that all day long until it was time for me to go to sleep. Whereas with Charlotte, you know, it's not always, but it, it comes up often enough that, that, that I make note of it, that she just will, you know, she just seem like she's restless and she can't find anything to do. Mm -hmm. Um, Nothing um, is captivating her attention. Yeah, and and I guess she has hobbies like you know she's she's really into into drawing and art and whatnot. But even that sometimes comes and goes, comes and goes. Um, but anyways, to, so to take it back, I mean, so perseverance is is probably a good thing for her. But the bigger uh, the the bigger issue or or the bigger thing that we were going to engage in in this episode was just what are the expectations that we have as parents for our kids um because you know the school gives recognition for some of these things mm-hmm. um but what is it that we want for our kids and and what are the things that we i guess what are the things that we want them to be recognized for or what do we want to recognize them for um because i would say that coming from in your house or what you would want them to be recognized um maybe what it is okay so let's let's take out the recognition part let's just talk about the catalyst for this conversation was that she was getting recognized for perseverance in school Paige, Paige also got the Perseverance, Perseverance? Award, yes. Okay, and, and, I, and, and were you jumping up and down? Like, were you the parent that was, like, screaming her name and, <laughs> I was, and, and cheering and had signs because she got a Perseverance Award? I was, ex- 
I was excited for her that she got a perseverance award, but I was confused on what specifically what was she struggling with that right. she had to what persevere through. Did she persevere through, right? Um, and I, I kind of like like we were talking before. Like I don't, I don't. A lot of times, I don't really care about the why <laughs> right. or the what. <laughs> so it's just kind of like so you're like, oh, persever- an award. Cool. She yeah, got a certificate with her name on it. Yeah, nice. Yeah. Uh, you're one. You're in you know, first grade. You got an award. I mean, so I guess what I wanted to talk about is what is it that not necessarily what do the schools or the classes do? What do they recognize? But what do we put importance on when it comes to our kids? Mm. Um, you know, pages 10, 11? She just turned 10. 10. So pages 10, my kids are two, uh, five, and six. And the six-year-old is almost seven. That's Charlotte. And I was just curious as to what is it that, you know, we expect as parents of our kids. Because I know coming from, again, the Asian background that um, there would probably be no... <laughs> there would be no celebrating mm-hmm. uh, of getting an award for perseverance. Mm-hmm. There would be no celebrating for getting an award of kindness, mm-hmm. curiosity, uh, creativity. Mm-hmm. Creativity might actually be a bad thing, right, in, in, in an Asian family. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so it's always academics, right? And so, right. you know, where I'm coming from is, is, and I think what might be interesting about my take on things is that uh, I don't want to raise my kids in... Uh, in a manner where the only focus is academics and academic achievement. I would agree completely. Um, and so uh, I guess that's kind of where we're going to start this conversation in this episode is, is what are the things that we hold as being important to teach these, these children of ours and what can they achieve or what can they accomplish in their lives that would make us feel like we have been successful at parenting them? On this episode of Deep and SD. Yes. With Preston. And Justin. My daughter also got an award for academics. Okay. In another grade. It, I, I believe she got one for perseverance in kindergarten and academics in first grade. And with academics in first grade, I, I find it odd because how much academics are you doing in first grade you know and well you're you're doing reading you're doing math i mean you're doing addition and subtraction are you doing addition and subtraction mm-hmm. in first yeah grade? i mean that's what charlotte's doing right now but do you need an award for it i mean the truth is it's not what you're it's not the specific subject that you're learning you know, it's just recognition of that academic achievement, right? Which, mm. which could, I mean, if, it, if it's ABCs, it's, it's learning ABCs. If it's reading, it's reading. If it's math, it could be anything from addition all the way to calculus, right? So I remember that not all kids got an award, specific kids. And so are these the Well, ones first that, of all, if most of the kids get it, it's not an award to I me agree. anymore, I right? I agree completely. Right? I mean, yeah. There's no participation awards. I think petition participation awards diminish the efforts or the efforts bleh, the <laughs> efforts of people who actually try it diminishes their merit mm-hmm. um i think that the awards are good if earned and especially if the person kid whatever has overcome a specific thing that merits the award so kindness for instance you know let's say that they're very um introverted not you know um very outgoing not very overly nice to people and they start showing these acts of kindness for people like above and beyond then i don't know i think that's kind of a cool award kindness and but okay so the immediately the thing that came to mind for me when you're talking about that is that if if it's if the award is only based on them starting at some lower than expected level Mm -hmm. of of some quality right Mm -hmm. and then they improve that quality then we're going back again to this this most improved thing right Mm -hmm. whereas i what i was thinking or what i was hoping right would be that if a child gets an award for, say, for example, for um, 
for kindness, okay, like what you were talking about, if they get an award for kindness, then what that's saying is that they are out of the ordinary in their amount of kindness, right? So they're right. being acknowledged for a personality trait that they have that is above the average person in that class or at that age level. Um, or at least maybe maybe I'm saying that because that's what I would like. Like I like when Charlotte got the Perseverance Award, mm-hmm. yes, maybe she had to persevere through something, but my assumption is still that she got that award because she shows more perseverance than the average child at that age at that level. Mm. You, so you above and beyond the, the average. expectation. Right, right. Like like she, she shows more than the other kids. Instead of coming from behind. And right, right. Or, or yeah, or improving that specific trait. Yeah. Um, because, again, if you if that was if that were the case, then you'd have to make the assumption that every award that these kids were getting, whether that's kindness, curiosity, mm-hmm. perseverance, that they were at some lower than expected level, mm-hmm. and then they just got to an acceptable level, which that's not much of an maybe, achievement, really. I'd be interested to hear what the actual reason is. I mean, maybe you mean like if I, if we went to the you to mean the school, we went say, to the school and said why? What's the criteria for why they're getting this award? I just want to know. My first grader got a perseverance award, and I would like you to explain yeah, I, I, I that. I want to me, know please. what exactly does that mean? Because in our household, that may not necessarily be a good thing. As you can see, I have the slanted eyes, and so you know that I have right. this certain expectation. And usually, it's based on academics. Certainly, so. can't show this to her grandfather. <laughs> exactly. We did not invite him to the to, to the award ceremony because we didn't know what it was going to be. But we are pretty sure she wasn't getting a math award. Right. Right. So, <laughs> so um, okay. So let's 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 bring it back to okay. So with Paige specifically, yeah. What are some of the most important things that you want to teach her? Like I, what, what? Like what are important character or personality? Let's just not to say personality because you know that's kind of you know their own individual personality. But what are some character traits that are important for you to? Um, develop with her or to help her develop herself? I would like her to have an open mind and to be, um, to nurture her creativity. Okay. So let's start with with the first one, right? Mm-hmm. So when you say uh, you want her to have an open mind, what what do we mean specifically I think, with that? I think the curious one is actually a really, a really good a really good thing you know you're saying you know they got a, they get an award for curiousness and i'm just kind of like maybe some adults should start getting these curious awards because there's so many adults who think that they you know they know one thing and that's what they know and they're dead set on that and it's like maybe if more people were more curious then they they would be more open to new ideas uh, challenging ideas to what they they you know quote unquote know is fact um, and just kind of hard stances that people have. Um, well, so I'm thinking. So there's a difference between curiosity in a child, right, mm-hmm. and curiosity in an adult. Mm-hmm. So I think fostering curiosity in a child is good mm-hmm. because what that means is that they want. They have this. They have this. Uh, this innate. Uh, this innate motivation to try to learn more, or to find out more, to to experience more. Right. Yeah. I think that 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 does, that's a good thing. What is this? What is that? Why? why right. Why? Right. Right. Exactly. Which which most children are right. I mean, sure. to sometimes to an annoying level. Right. With with asking everything about everything. Right. Yeah. Um, now, when we talk about curiosity with a, with a, an adult, I feel like what you're describing is not necessarily curiosity, but you want people to have an openness. Like you don't want them to be so set in their ways mm-hmm. and you find more value in people that um, are not just stuck, like again, in their way, right. in their way of seeing things, but that they are open to other things. Because I... I don't know. I don't think that that's the same thing as, as curiosity. But isn't isn't everything that we want for our kids as as kids and, and raising kids and instilling virtues and values? Isn't that all just to set them up for being an adult? And so I think if you it's, instill this curiosity and openness in them when they're young, that hopefully they can carry that on to well. Adulthood. Okay, so 
and again, I don't, I don't, I don't want us to to get caught on this one one mm-hmm. thing. But I think I'm, I guess what I'm saying is that I feel like curiosity and openness are two different things. Mm. Curiosity is something that is good to foster in children because they start from nothing, like mm-hmm. they they know nothing, right? Mm-hmm. And if they and if they get to a point where they stop having that curiosity, I think that's when they they start to lack growth. And I guess you could apply the same principle to adults, but we're not so concerned with adults being stunted in growth mm-hmm. per se. What we're what we're interested or what we care about with adults is is uh, like you said. I mean, we put value on having openness, like not being stubborn, not being someone that's set in your ways, not being someone who's closed minded uh, and unwilling to like. I don't know, man. I would kind of put that in the same category as yeah. stunted in growth. You mean? Oh, you mean if you if you are closed minded? Yeah. Well, but but okay, so. If you're closed-minded to me, that means that whatever someone wants to tell you that you refuse to to mm-hmm. listen to, mm-hmm. right? You refuse to to be open to listening to it. Mm-hmm. But that's not necessarily growth, right? I mean, unless you're saying that just being open to hearing someone tell you something different mm-hmm. than what you already know or believe, mm-hmm. that that in itself is growth. Well, if you accept it or if you listen to it. So... You can tell me that the sky is red, mm-hmm. and all your opinion will have some weight because you're my friends. But I'm naturally going to be curious to see if the sky is actually red, and so I'm going to want to investigate that for myself. And if I find out that the sky is red, then I feel like I've grown. Does that make sense? Because you went through the process of trying to figure out whether or not it was true based on your friend who you trust their opinion. But using my curiosity to go investigate this on my own. Yeah. I mean, I I guess I can see that. I feel like this made more sense in my head before I started (laughs) vocalizing it. No, and and again, I mean, I think we're what do they say? Getting getting lost in the in the weeds. Yeah, we're in the weeds. Yeah, like like I mean, okay, let's 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 back up. Let's 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 get back out. Okay, so let's go back to. So you talked about how you know it was it was uh, being open and open and open and creative, right? Mm -hmm. And so that we talked about the open part of it. So the creative part of it, why is that important? Um, cause I think uncreative people are super dull and boring. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm super artistic. You know, my wife, Julie's very creative. Mm-hmm. Uh, my dad was creative. My mom's creative. I mean, everyone in my family are artists and we just naturally want to make stuff, whatever it is. I do all kinds of shit when I'm making stuff. And I think that in order to make stuff, you need to kind of like absorb creativity from all different places, sources, people, Mm -hmm. things. You know, you're just, you're constantly like looking at stuff and thinking about stuff. And creativity is more than just like physically making things too. I mean, like creativity is like, solving problems you know looking outside the box attacking a problem from different angle you know and so it's it's valuable and in, in more things than just like art you know i mean it's it's valuable in business it's valuable in, in uh how you um manage relationships i mean if, you know if you're trying to you know tackle a, a a situation with a friend of yours and it's, it's, they're just not getting it, then maybe you're using the wrong tactic. You need to change it up or something, you know, to try to get the same result or whatever. Um, well, what's, so uh, what's kind of funny is that, so you put the weight on the, on the creativity, right? Mm-hmm. And so um, Charlotte started doing this thing, you know, a few months ago where uh, she watched this YouTube channel where this dad, he, you know, sh- he sits down and he shows his daughter, 
how to draw things, right? Mm-hmm. And so through that process is when, you know, people who subscribe to the channel that they can learn that. I'm subscribed. Okay, so Charlotte really, you know, is into this and she yeah. likes to like learn how to draw these things. And so when um, my parents came over for, I want to say Mother's Day mm-hmm. um, to hang out for a little bit, then Charlotte was really excited to show uh, my mom. And so my mom watched it, watched her do it. And, you know, she seems, you know, she seemed supportive, encouraging about it. But then later, you know, she pulled me aside and she was like, she was like, Justin, are you, are you, are you pushing her to, to want to be an artist? Mm-hmm. And I looked at her and I said, no, like <laughs> I'm not pushing her to be an artist. I'm, I, I, I want her to, I encourage her to enjoy drawing if that's what she likes, you know? And my mom was like, well, you know, an artist doesn't make any money. So it's like, why would you want her to do that? I said, because (laughs) she's six years old. Because she enjoys it. (laughs) And she likes it. I mean, what, what does it even matter at this point? And so this is just an example of, you know, kind of typical Asian, Mm -hmm. you know, sort of mentality about the arts and creativity. And, you know, so, so you were talking about, um, creativity, kind of like the classic definition of it, which would be like art and, you know, maybe music and, you know, all of that kind of stuff. And then you were talking about creativity, uh, in, in the sense that I would label more like thinking outside of the box, yeah. right? So when you're trying to solve a problem, yeah. not just following like the normal traditional way, but, you know, sometimes the only way to tackle a problem is to think outside of the box. Yeah. And, um, and of course, I don't think that Asian parents are going to say, oh, I don't want my, my child, you know, if he's a, a doctor or a lawyer mm-hmm. to not be willing to think outside of the box. So that part of creativity, I think they, they would support, right? Yeah. But when it comes to the arts and, and being an artist, I mean... There's so much of that where they put no value on it at all. Like I, I remember, you know, any time that I would I would have ever shown any sort of creativity in my life, which honestly I think that those are more my strengths mm-hmm. than than some of the more classic, you know, Asian, um, you know, I guess traits or 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 subjects, you know, that 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 Asians would be good at that that parents their parents would be proud of. So anytime I showed any of these these sort of creative impulses um or inclinations they they would try to like stomp it out yeah i mean they would either tell me that it should be a hobby or that i shouldn't be doing it or that i really think it was going to go anywhere and you know again we're talking about kids but i think it's it's valuable to talk about our own backgrounds and our own history because Mm -hmm. i think that these are the things that set us up or, or sort of set up the framework for how we decide that we want to be parents, right? Yeah. As our, or like what did we experience ourselves in life, right? To tell us, you know, what we think are important traits to have and that we should try to, um, you know, raise our kids with. But also, how are we raised, right? Like, mm-hmm. how did our parents raise us and what do we want to take from that and pass along to our kids and mm-hmm. what do we want to change? And I would say for me, there, there really are quite a few things because a lot of the things that my parents did for me, I think they really, really impacted my life a lot because um, I think that, that my strengths have always been in the more creative subjects, you know, like photography yeah. and, you know, I, you know, I'm, obviously I'm not trained in graphic design, but I think that you've seen that like I kind of have an eye for some of these things. Mm-hmm. Um, but I never pursued any of these things because I was told you can't be serious about that. Like that's not a serious living. And I think with, with creativity in, in particular, I don't think you can stifle that. I think that it's going to find a way to, to break through, um, in, in whatever form it is. I mean, you do leather work, mm-hmm. you're a photographer, you have a good eye for design. Um, even your fashion stuff. I mean, but this is the, but this is the problem, right? Is that, is that I think you're completely right when you say that, you know, you can't stifle it. You cannot, it's like you cannot deny it. But when it comes to what you choose for your career yeah. and what do you, or what are you pressured into through like familial, you know, expectations, yeah. you know, that, that's a different, that's a different thing. So I think that that's, yours is such a true statement, but I think that that makes my point even more, which is that I had all of those impulses. I had all that desire and mm-hmm. I had all these things that I could not deny Yet, I was still pushed and prodded into picking a more traditional, um, you know, path when it came to careers. And I think that that is what really made things difficult for me is because you can't deny one part of it. But on the other hand, because I'm the oldest son uh, and I had so many expectations placed upon me, 
I was not able to just say, hey, you know what? I'm going to follow these impulses and I'm going to see where it goes. I, I basically had these impulses, but then constantly had to suppress them because I had to fall in line. Well, there's there's a little bit of merit to your mom's rationale. And, and I mean, there's... The term starving artist exists for a reason. Sure. Um, you know, I've I've got a, a degree in graphic design that I don't use professionally. It's But it, that see, but the thing is that I I think that mm. you just don't have a at least at this point in your life. I mean, you know, now, you know, we, we met fifteen years ago or something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Um and I feel like at that point when you were more involved with graphic design, you know, as your work, Mm -hmm. I think that that was a time where it meant something more to you, or maybe you were just more into it and more passionate about it. Mm -hmm. I feel like you don't have that passion now. Now you have like the, the, the knife making and and all that. And, um, so I don't think that for you it was, Oh, I tried to make a living off of it, could not figure out how to do it. So therefore I, I went to something else. Um, I think that you just, naturally progressed to another hobby essentially um, that you're hoping that maybe might turn into, you know, something more substantial, maybe to the level that you thought maybe graphic design could do for you. But, but I, I think the thing is that yes, there's the, there's the stereotype of the starving artist, but not all things that are creative necessarily have to be things where, Oh, you know, for sure, the certainty is there that you cannot make a living off of it, right? So, mm. I mean, an, another another thing that I, I consider myself pretty good at is photography, right? Mm. And and so, you know, um, every time I've tried to to make a go of it, you know, I constantly have all of this this um, feedback, right, from my family talking about how like, well, you can't be serious, like, you know, two things, one really are you going to touch yourself as a photographer like you went to law school mm-hmm, and you have all mm-hmm. this high education and you're just going to be a photographer mm-hmm. but the second thing is also is like you know that's that's a hobby like people are not real photographers and, and i mean they know that they're like wedding photographers mm-hmm, and travel mm-hmm. photographers and all these different things but they just it's like they don't take that seriously like that's not that's not a real job you know to them you know even if you said they make 200 grand a year they still said nah, that's not a real job you know, it, it kind of ties into what we were talking about before the podcast, you know, and I think that there's a leap of faith that you need to take. If you want to be successful as a photographer, it's like there's an investment, whether it's time or money or both or whatever. And it's like if you're very serious about it, then you would you would pay your dues essentially. I mean, you would be out there every day trying to get shots, trying to market yourself, trying to, you know what I mean? And same thing with, with the graphic design stuff. It's like, you know, it's like even with my knives, you know, it's like every day I would be making reels on Instagram and pushing and pushing the product, but that takes time. It takes, it's sacrifice. No, it it does. But I think that, okay. So without getting into, you know, like, too deep into it i think your issue with why you don't get more into the knife making is because you have this constant pull about having a day job Mm -hmm. making sure that you're bringing in income taking care of your family like those kinds of things stability right right Right. it makes that hard for you i think to make that leap of faith to and that's to me it's not a leap of faith in terms of necessary time it's the leap of faith mentally it's a commitment to say okay, you know what, I'm going to make a go of it. Mm. And I think you haven't made that leap yet. And I think that's the same thing goes for me when it comes to photography. Um, and I think it's because I have too many voices that have been in my head for so long yeah. telling me that this is not this is, this is not anything that I should be pursuing, right. Right? right? Even though another voice that I have in my head, which is my wife, um, telling me that I really could make a go of it, yeah. you know? I think that, that, that maybe the frustrating thing for her is to see that because my family and my parents and, and, and you know, that, that, that whole side, that there's so much pressure f- from them for me not to pursue these things that I feel like she feels like her voice is drowned out a little bit because I can't stop but hear the, the other voice because I've been hearing those voices for so, so long. Yeah. But... You know, I was going to say, so not, not to, to, to get off topic too much, you know, like this isn't about us and our I background, know, I know, right? but I think to tie it back, back to it. So, you know, we talked about like, what are some of the things that you want to teach your kids? Yeah. And, 
you know, so for me, I don't know if it's a specific thing I'm trying to teach, but I think that one thing that is very, very important to me is that I want to raise my kids to have high expectations for themselves Mm -hmm. in terms of achievement and in terms of setting themselves up to have as much opportunity and ability to make decisions uh, or to have opportunities for themselves. So what I mean by that is that I will have expectations of them to have straight A's and Mm -hmm. things like that, just like my parents did, but for different reasons, right? So I think that my parents expected me to get the straight A's because they had this predetermined path in their mind about where I should, you know, how my life was going to progress. Like I was supposed to go to high school, go to an Ivy League college, go to medical school, and then come out and then just be a practicing physician. Whereas for me, I want my kids to do well and I'm going to expect them to do well because I want them to put themselves into a position where once they finish you know, high school, and let's say, for example, there's some specific uh, type of field that they want to be you know, going into, and maybe there's some specific school, like a, I don't know, a music school, an art school, or any engineering school, anything, mm-hmm. and that they can go to wherever they need to be in order to maximize their future for what they want, right? So for what, the, so the emphasis is is on their expectations. And well, my no, my expectations are just for them to set themselves up to be in a place where they can pursue anything that they decide they want, right? So I think that, I, I, I mean, you're lucky if you have kids who are so self-motivated that they're going to constantly set high expectations for themselves to reach their maximum potential, right? Mm-hmm. I, I feel like the truth is most kids are going to need their parents to push them. That's what I think, right? But... I guess what I'm saying is that I will have the same expectations that my parents had, but the only purpose for why I have those expectations is because not for my own personal pride, not for, you know, the image that my family, meaning like me and my kids and my wife are going to put out to society or our friends or anything like that. It's solely because I want them to be in a position where they can do anything that they want to do. Like I would, what I would hate, and I've seen, you know, friends, uh, family friends do this before where their parents didn't push them that, that hard. They ended up only figuring out, you know, maybe halfway through, through college, like, Oh, you know what? I want to be a doctor. I want to be a lawyer or I want to be any of these things that require all of this intense graduate school work. Right. And they, and they lost years or they made it really difficult for themselves because they just kind of didn't take things seriously. Yeah. Right. And so I would never want that for my kids. I mean, I just want them to be in a position where they can choose what they want. But I think, you know, the important thing to take from all this is that I was forced and I had so many expectations put on me about what I should be doing, like mm-hmm. doing with my life, not getting good grades so that I could choose whatever I want later on. You know, this guy, uh, Thomas soul, he, he has a famous quote that says, um, equip yourself with the, equip yourself with the tools that people are willing to pay for or the skills that people are willing to pay for. Makes sense. In order to be successful. I mean, I th- I think the other thing too that kind of goes along with all this is that it's really important for me to teach my, my kids to have good life skills, right? Um, mm-hmm. Because I have seen a lot of examples of people who are successful in their careers, um, meaning like their jobs, you know, where they earn their income and maybe they're even, you know, high incomes that they bring in, but in several other very obvious aspects of their life, they, they fail sort of miserably. And yeah. I don't, and, and I mean, when I say fail, that sounds kind of harsh, but I guess what I mean is that they, 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 they are much less than what you would expect from someone who could achieve so much success in one area. Yeah. Right. And I think the problem is that when parents sometimes push their kids so hard to only focus on academics and only focus on, on, you know, achieving all these, these, these accolades or whatever, it's like they don't prepare them for a lot of other things. Right. Like I've seen that a lot in, in my own, my own life, my own friends, people that I've known. You yeah. Know. And it's, and, and you know, like I'm not going to name names or, 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 you know, talk about any specific person, but I mean, I, I have many examples in my life of people who, you know, the only thing that I think that they do well in their life is their job. Mm-hmm. Everything else is like, you know, as 
as a family member, as a friend, as a spouse, they, they, you know, they just can't hack it. Um, or they just don't have the skill set or the, the, the wherewithal to, to be good in those aspects of their lives, but they can do their one, one job good. And I think that that, you know, and I think that happens a lot in Asian families, right? Where, where basically, you know, they can produce a, a son who, you know, gets all the academic achievement, they, they become a doctor or whatever, and they make good income, but that's pretty much it. Like not a yeah. good, not a good dad, High not a good spouse with terrible social right. skills. And, yeah. Bad yeah. social skills, you know, no, you know, not empathetic, you yeah. know, like just, just, I don't know, like a robot essentially. Yeah. Right. And so it's, um, I, I really want to set my, my kids up for success by, at least from my experience and what I've learned in life as being important, like making sure that I instill those things in them mm. as being equally important to yeah. the other things. Um, happiness. Happiness yeah. is at the top of your, your, your list. Do you think I, yes, because my thought, and this has been my own experience is that you could be, you know, at any job that, that, that you do, you can probably be mediocre at it, but or or even adequate, but I don't think that you'll ever be great at anything unless you're happy doing it. Yeah, right. And um, and so whether or not you're you're a starving artist or you are a photographer that makes you know like okay income or good income, or you're like you know a million dollar producer for your medical practice, I just don't think that you will ever fully realize your potential in anything unless you're happy doing it. And so I think that with my kids, yes, I'm going to say that their happiness and I want them to put, place a lot of importance on their happiness, right? But with that said, I think that it's very important for my kids, you know, that I teach them that there are consequences for the decisions that they make. So, well, hap- go ahead. Go well, ahead. what I was going to say is that, so for example, like I will say to them, okay, you know, when you get older and you have decisions about what career you want, career path you want to take or whatnot, it's completely up to you. And I don't have any preconceived idea about what I want you to do or what Mm -hmm. you should do. But I want you to know if you choose to be this, like if you want to be a doctor, then you will probably make this income, but this is what your lifestyle is going to be like as far as I can tell. And you can go research it and you can go ask other people, but I'm telling you that from my perspective, this is what I, you know, think that it's going to be like. So you can decide that you want to do this job versus that job, but just know that your income is going to change. Mm. Your, your time that you get to spend with your family is going to change. Your, the perception of you, you know, socially, you know, is probably going to change, you know, and things like that. And, and is again, that, this, wait, 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 back up. Okay, go ahead. This is at what age are you giving this? Uh, no, this is not going to be. This is not a, a six year old. <laughs> okay, this, this is not a six year old. This is not talking to a six year old about because I, I don't know. I feel like no, that but these shouldn't but, even be a, a you know, well, your social circle is going to change if you well, do this. I mean, that's not well, even a talk. Then. No, no, but okay, I know, I know that, I know that that sounds bad without some sort of explanation, right? So when I say when I say social circles, what I guess what I mean is that there's kind of like the world that you and I would like, we would like to think that the world is a certain way. Mm. Right. And then there's the way that the world really is. Mm. Right. And I, I want my, my, my kids to be practical, you know, the way they see things. I mean, right. There's on one hand, you kind of want your kids to see with the world in this, you know, idealized way. Right. Because that's kind of like the most, I don't know, like, like they won't be so jaded and they, they, and they won't, they won't have any sort of, you know, pessimism because they, they think everything is, you know, ideal to a certain extent. But at the same time, I also want them to know that there's a reality to certain things. Like, so for example, like, you know, I was told this when I decided that I was going to go to law school. They're like, well, you know, law is not something where Asians thrive. And I was like, okay, well, what does that mean? And they said, well, you know, when you are an Asian and you are a doctor or you're an Asian and you're an engineer, that's, that's good. That's a good thing because people are like, Oh, the assumption is the stereotype is that Asians are smart. Asians are really good at knowing a lot of different things. So Mm -hmm. being a doctor and engineer, that's an asset. 
what's the other stereotype of Asians that they're kind of socially awkward, that they don't really know how to, how to speak in public and things like that. And so is that necessarily good for an attorney? No. Right. Especially something like a trial attorney or something like that. Now, is that actually true? Is it actually true that, you know, someone like me who was born in in the U.S., who was raised basically like American, am I any less qualified than than, you know, a Caucasian person with the same education and whatnot? No. No. Like, you know, but that's the stereotype. So when they came to me, and they said, you know, Justin, that's going to be a handicap for you. Did I like to hear that? No. Could I see that that's a reality? Yes. And so because you were told that, no, I was told that, but I agree with it. I actually, I don't think that it's true, but not all stereotypes are true across the board. Right. Mm-hmm. But the stereotype is there for a reason, right? Because most successful Asians, and especially if we're talking about when I was in law school, mm-hmm. which was what, 30 years ago, mm-hmm. you know, most successful Asians were in fields, not in law. They were in the, the more, you know, like math, science, like those kind of fields, Donut right? Shops. Huh? Donut shops. <laughs> Donut shops. Those are Cambodians. I'm Chinese. So. <laughs> My wife's Cambodian. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, the guy, the super rich, the guy that yeah, uh, that they made that documentary yeah, about, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, who gambled it all away? <laughs> <laughs> so another another great Asian trait. But anyway, so what I'm saying, I'm the reason I bring up that point is because you know you kind of didn't didn't like. I think it rubbed you the wrong way when I said the thing about social circles, but. You know, the truth is... Well, just the, the whole laundry list of stuff. Like, well, I don't know, man. It's, I, I see your parents talking to you and you're mirroring that with what you're saying that you're going to set your kid up with in the well, future. Well, no. Well, okay. First of all, my parents never laid everything out for me and said, hey, you know what? If you make this decision you then then that's fine you can make whatever decision you want mm-hmm. but just from our experience this is this is these are things you need to consider right okay they never said that what they said is you could be a doctor mm-hmm. and then far below that as a number two would be a lawyer mm-hmm. you know and then everything else under that is like is like underground because right. we don't even consider those to be like real jobs right and so would would I say to my kids, okay, you know what? You can go to school for, you know, 10 years and you mm-hmm. can come out to be a doctor and probably the lowest income you're going to make is probably going to be $100,000. Yeah. Yeah, I could say that to them. And do I think that that's mirroring what my parents said to me? No. Does I don't it think matter, so at all. Though? Does it matter if... if um, it matters if, if you're you mean how much hundred thousand dollar income. I mean, is, should that even be something to consider? Because if yes, if, I no if I, happiness is paramount. Then happiness is different to different people. But you can't put a dollar amount on happiness. You can if someone wants certain things. But I mean, how do you know that's what they want? I don't know what they want. That's that's my point. My mm. point is they can decide what makes them happy. But I'm going to tell them that this job, this type of job, makes this kind of income mm. on average. Mm-hmm. So if you are okay with having a lesser income, then you just have to know like what, what comes with that. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and those are all choices, right. That, that people make. And I'm not saying that everyone has to have a high paying job. I'm if not, I'm not saying that's the most important thing because usually, you know, I mean, these days it's a little bit different with social media and influencers and things like that. But for the most part, traditionally, if you had a higher paying job, you, you know, automatically you're going to have less time with your family, right? Mm-hmm. Right, And especially in my household, that was especially true because my dad made high income, but you know he left at 7 o'clock in the morning, came home at 10 o'clock at night for most of my like childhood, mm-hmm. right? And so, but those are the things I would say to my kids. I would be like, well, you know what? Like, like for example, my kids are used to seeing me a lot, mm-hmm. right? Because I'm home a lot yeah. with them. I spend a lot of time. I have flexible schedule and whatnot. So I'm home a lot. So what I would say to them, for example, is I would say, okay, you know what? You can you can go and pursue a job, you know, more traditional job like your grandparents, which would be like doctors and whatever. But the time that we spend as a family, right. that wouldn't happen. Like you're not going to be able to get that with that. So if you want to do that, then... This is the sacrifice you make here. This is where you have to, you know, you have to give in here and there and whatnot. I just, I guess what the point I'm trying to make to you is that whether or not you agree with them or not, is that I want my kids to grow up and to have, you know, 
appropriate expectations, at least as far as I can lay it out for them. And then they can they can go and, and you know research it themselves or whatnot. But I just want them to choose whatever they want, but I want them to do it with their eyes wide open. Mm-hmm. I don't want to tell them something like, oh, you could go be an artist. And of course, yeah, yeah. Like, you, you know, you're going to be an artist and for sure you're going to go out there and you make millions of dollars. Like, I'm not going to say yeah, that. Yeah, but the likelihood is, is not. Right, but it's reality. I want them to be practical. Mm-hmm. I want them to... Again, I want them to have their eyes wide open, but it's very paramount to me that they make their own decisions. Like, I want them to make their own decisions. I had this conversation with my daughter the other day, actually. We were driving home from school, and I was talking to her about college. And I, I said... As a 10-year-old. I said, well, I said, uh, unless you're planning on being a doctor or a lawyer, don't go to college. I said, go to go to vocational school, learn a trade, learn something that that's marketable, something you can use, that's not going to cost you an arm and a leg in in college um, fees, tuition, you know, because there's so many people that are just buried in debt that don't end up completing medical school or whatever, and they've just got all this massive debt hanging over them. And I said. You know, look, look at me, right? Like I had a forty thousand um, dollar tuition for my graphic design school, which I have not paid back. And I, I am of the opinion, you know, I was twenty two years old. I had no credit. I had no anything, you know. And they're like, "Yeah, here's forty grand," you know. And no, no. And I, in in my opinion, the the college finance system is a, is a complete scam. Because no no one in their right mind would give you a forty thousand dollar loan with no job, no skills to pay it, like no prospect to pay it back at all. You couldn't get a car loan for that. You couldn't get a house loan. Wait, wait, for but that. is that is that a scam? Because they, well, I guess I I'd, I'd like to know what the definition of scam to you in this situation is. Because, I mean, isn't that a benefit that they, that they would give you this money, or is or is your point that? you're not qualified to take on that amount of debt. That's why it's a scam. Is that what you mean? Yeah. yeah because because you haven't been vetted as someone who would ever be in a position to be able to pay this back or to have thought about, right. is this a good idea to take well, this and money? And you're fed, you're fed this like, oh, you, you'll make this back in you know X number of years. And you know, you're fed all these things. And the reality is, especially with graphic designers, is – the market is saturated with graphic designers. And so, you know, the amount of graphic designers that are making, you know, a decent wage to be able to pay all this back is, is very low because, you know, everyone's doing business cards for 50 bucks for, you know, a thousand business cards or whatever. Your, your margin is so thin. It's, it's, it's like, it's super hard to, to, to bank on what they're promising you to pay back that money. And so you just get buried. You end up taking some other job that you don't use your degree in. So anyway, so my, my, my advice to Paige was, is if, unless you're going to go be a doctor or a lawyer, don't go to college, go, go to a vocational school. It's cheaper. It's faster. And you have some skill to last you forever. You know, you can be a welder, you can be an electrician, you can be a plumber. I mean, you're always going to need those things. Um, but if she were to tell me that, Hey dad, like, I kind of just want to make smoothies and work in a surf shop. You know, it's like, are you happy? Like, yeah. I'm like, okay, it's fine with me. If you can pay your bills and you're happy, like I'm good with it. I don't need her to be some, you know, overachiever or anything like that. As long as she's happy, I don't care. I think, okay. So I agree with you that as long as they're happy, that I'm good with that and I'm, I'll be happy for them. Um, but I don't think that a, I don't think that a, like, for example, I mean, we're not talking about Paige because she's 10, but mm-hmm. I'm saying like, if, if my, my kids, if my, one of my kids came to me and, and they were 18 years old and they said, and they said, you know what, um, I don't want to go to college and I want to make smoothies and just, you know, work at a surf shop or something like that, I would probably, reiterate to them you know like you know i i think i would have already had the conversation with them about Mm -hmm. everything we just talked about Mm -hmm. before about you know them knowing the reality of like how life really is Mm -hmm. but and if i really knew that if i felt like they they 
they heard me and they got it and they made this decision, I think I could be at peace with that. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, there's a part of me right now, which, which I keep saying like, Oh, I just want them to be happy. But then when you bring up the, a specific example, like making smoothies and working at a surf shop, I'm sort of like, <laughs> God, no, and I'm like, Oh, Jesus, I'm I'm going to be worried, you know, for them. <laughs> but, and maybe, you know, I think the reason why I would be worried is because I'm just imagining or making the assumption that there's no way that they could be raised in my family mm-hmm. and then be okay with, with that, that, that life. And I don't mean, and I'm not saying like socially, you know, like social, like, like societal, you know, levels. I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about anything except for the fact is that you're a bit it, careful. You're about to offend a lot of no, smoothie makers. No, no, I'm just, I know. I guess all I'm saying is that my assumption would be that maybe they would not be okay with that because they had grown, they you know, they had grown up accustomed to like certain things that they were used to mm-hmm. and then they ended up and then it might be harder for them to maintain that level, right, if they did something else, which again, I'd be fine with if they were okay with it, mm-hmm. you know, but again, an 18 year old, I sort of feel like a lot of times 18 year olds think that, that they're going to be okay with something mm-hmm. and that's, that's not the reality of it. But again, 18 you're an adult right like you want to make that decision you don't you're not going to come back to me and ask me for money yeah then have at it yeah right like like and if that makes you happy i'll be happy for you because yeah. there are a ton of people who would do the whole track of like going to medical school go, coming out making hundreds of thousands of dollars and they still be miserable absolutely you know I mean? miserable right and so i don't want that either and socially right? inept and you know and all the all the bad things that we talked about right. you know what i mean um so i mean again i you know i don't know how how you know closely we're we're keeping to like kind of the initial you know idea <laughs> behind the podcast, which is fine, you know like it goes where it goes um but I think that you know parenting has we've talked about this in in a previous episode it's just parenting for me personally has yeah. been a very you know eye opening experience um and it's nothing like what I thought it would, it was going to be like, um, I have way less control than I thought that I would have. And I'm not, I'm not necessarily a very controlling person or very mm. like, I don't know. I'm, I, I never thought of myself as being like that, but there, I must have a part of that for me to feel <laughs> as yeah. much yeah. Or, or to acknowledge as much, you know, lack of control as I do right now, you right. know? And, and sometimes when I talk to you about things, I kind of, I, I, I get this feeling that, some of the success that you've had in your parenting with Paige, cause she sounds like, you know, she sounds great is, is because you haven't, you know, been someone to sweat all these little details. Mm-hmm. Right. And, but what I found about myself is that I always imagined that I was going to be much more laid back than I am. Um, because of the upbringing that I came from and mm-hmm. just, just honestly my general demeanor in general, like I don't, I don't really think of myself as being like really anal retentive or anything like that. But, <laughs> you're, you're, um, you're, you have your eyes like I'm they're looking, not ro- they're not rolling eyes, but they're eyes that are looking up and up and away. Yeah. I'm just trying to get, like just kind of go back and like employment and all this stuff. I'm just trying to. I don't. I mean, honestly, I don't think anyone would call me anal retentive. I mean, I, I I really. I mean, I really don't think so. I, um, because I really know that I'm I'm not like that. I don't. Yeah, I would. I would. Agree I, with I'm that really statement. not like that, and and that's why it's such a shocker to me that I'm this way with with my own kids. Right. Um. But it's just, I don't know. You know, kids. You just they're so important to you. Yeah. You know, and you, and you worry so much. At least for me, I I think the reason why I've become a lot more. Um, I've I've needed to to feel like I have more control is mm-hmm. because I'm so worried about them, you know, like going down the wrong path, right? And you know, we were talking. I think you brought up faith, you know, before, and mm-hmm. and and just this idea that you know, you you kind of like I guess in my life, I I always do have this mentality like everything will work itself out, mm-hmm. right? I, mm-hmm. I really do, but for some reason, I cannot apply this to my kids. Well, right? there's there's the other there's the other side of the coin too you know a lot of a lot of people are are just so constrained and so just that when they do get that taste of freedom they freak out 
And it's like, you know, I've shielded you from this. I've protected you from this. I've, I've you know, molded you in this way. And the, and the first chance they get, let's say they go off to college in another state, another city, whatever. It's like, <laughs> flip out. You I have, I have my hand raised right now, listeners. Right. So um, that would be me. Yeah. So, I mean, it's like every rule that you were taught to follow, you break it because fuck it. There's no one there to, to stop you. Mm-hmm. And, and so you, you, you know, to give you something else to worry about. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but use that as motivation. It's like, you know, let me loosen up a little bit because, you know, it's like you can never eat this Twinkie. Twinkies are banned from our house. You can't have them. They're terrible. They're going to fuck your teeth up, yada, yada, yada. And the moment they get a driver, this was what happened with me, right? Like I didn't have fast food when I was a kid. I mean, like it was a rare time when we went to McDonald's or something Mm -hmm. like that. As soon as I got my driver's license and a job, dude, I mean, I was at McDonald's all the time. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, and that's, that's the tame part, you know? So, I mean, maybe just use that as some fuel to say, you know, if I'm so restrictive, if you can't do this, you can't do that, you must do this, you must do that, as soon as they get a little bit of taste of freedom and that's it, like, they're just going to rebel because they haven't had it. So. I mean, I, I think, you know, it's not it's not so much that I restrict them from doing a lot of things. Mm-hmm. I think it's that I don't allow them to have the ability to let things play out sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, like, like I, you know, I, I constantly feel the need to, you know, um, to interject, mm-hmm. right. Or to, you know, to put myself into the situation because I want to make sure that either they have the right concept, you know, when dealing with the situation, mm-hmm. you know, or I just want to make sure that I stop them from getting, you know, into a worse situation or, or into a situation that looks like it might be heading in the wrong way, you know, and, but I, I, I see the value in not doing that all the time because one is that, you know, you want them to be able to handle life, right? Mm-hmm. I, mean, yeah. I mean, I'm not going to be there their whole life to like make all these you know, decisions from them. But I just feel like maybe it's because of the age that they're at right now too, is that one is that I sort of feel like this is, where I can still mold them, right? But the second thing also is that they really can hurt themselves very easily at this point, I think, because they just they just really just don't get it sometimes. Within limits. I mean, kids under like six are basically made out of rubber. They are, I mean, so. <laughs> which is funny because, because, because we, Steph and I were just talking about this the other day about how Noah, right, he's a two-year-old, that <laughs> that he's the one that gets banged up the most out of the three kids, right. but he's the most resilient. So every time he falls down, everyone's like, oh, and yeah. then he just, all you hear him goes, I'm okay. Right. <laughs> he like right. gets up, right. you know, and he's like, and he's fine. But that doesn't always happen. I mean, you know, like Jackson and Charlotte, they, they both for sure got, got hurt a lot, you know. Of course. But they're but, fine. But they're, like but they're, the but they're next kids. day. Yeah. And so- I don't know. It's just, I don't know. I mean, I, I, maybe it's in my DNA. I would, I would recommend, I don't know if I've recommended this in the past, but I would recommend reading the putting chapter. Them, putting them up for adoption? No, no. Cause <laughs> they're, too, they're, is it too late? They're cool looking kids. <laughs> they're, they're nice kids. They're good kids. Um, uh, I would recommend reading um, Dr. Jordan Peterson's book, 12 Rules for Life. The chapter, um, do not bother kids while they're skateboarding. Because that is the way life is, that they might just crash and get skin knees and that's okay. The 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 gist of the chapter is is like these kids are testing their limits and this is way more brave than like any of like us would do. Jumping on a skateboard with no knee pads, no helmet, and just going for it, balls to the wall. And they're they're testing their limits as kids. And why stop them from that? They're having fun. They're laughing. They're enjoying themselves. They're socializing while they're doing it. They're doing this dangerous thing that can seriously fuck you up if it goes wrong. Um, but most of the time, it doesn't go wrong. And it do you want to be? Do you want to be the person that deals with a kid who was the one percent, and then they're, they're like, I've and then been they're that kid. I've been that kid, but well, no, you didn't let me finish. And then, and then, and and then they're the ones that are like the paraplegic, right? <laughs> so you're not that kid, you know. It's, but what's the, what's the percentage of that? 
I mean, it doesn't it's, matter. One percent still happens to someone. But what, look what you're sacrificing. What am I sacrificing? That that that, that they'll go do something instead of skateboarding. You're sacrificing the. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just busting your balls. <laughs> I understand. I, I I get the point. I mean, I. It kind of reminds me of all the times where Steph sends me all these different things about. You know, we've talked about this before. This uh, this was it soft parenting or mm-hmm. whatever it's called gentle parenting yeah and um and it all makes sense to me until i'm in the situation right that i'm in the situation and i and I have all these feelings and all these you know compulsions to be a certain way and it's just so hard to like to fight with that mm. um but when i'm in the calm and when i'm just sitting here recording an episode it all makes sense to me or when yeah. i when steph talks to me about it after the kids are down i'm like yeah yeah let's do that tomorrow and then again wake up the next day and by 9am i'm like back to where i was you know so i get it and it, and it makes sense it's just you know getting from point a to point b sometimes is not a, a, a straight line mm-hmm. right um Maybe uh, tie a string around your finger so you've got this constant reminder of <laughs> what is this thing? You know, it's like... Oh, that's what it is. I need to chill out. Right, I got it. Right. Okay. Yeah, and, and I I think it's fine if you explain consequences, you know. So if you tell Jax, like, hey, maybe don't, you know, don't poke your sister anymore because she might punch you in the face, you know, and it's like... <laughs> Look, I've warned you, okay? You want to do it, go ahead. But you're going to have to deal with the consequences. And so I think if it's okay to explain why you probably should right, do Right, but you're that. saying, but don't constantly be in there stopping him from yeah. learning right. what the consequence really right. is. And, right. and I guess I guess that's that's the reality too, right? Is that, is that you know, the fastest way to learn something is to experience it, right? Sure. It can't be someone telling you something all the time. Sure. And, you know, in some lessons, they just you just have to go through it, right? I mean... You know, you people always talk about how you try to save your kids from like, you know, heartbreak and you know, like all these like intense, mm-hmm. you know, emotional struggles that they that they go through, right? But some some of these things like they're not going to listen to you, yeah. right? They're going to do what they're going to do, and they just have to go through it. And it's painful as a parent or anyone that cares about you know this person to see them setting themselves up for this. Mm-hmm. But it's like th- that's life. We right? we we constantly test this throughout life. And I think the sooner you 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 figure that out, the better. I mean, how many times have you know I've I've bur- I burn my mouth constantly because I, I want to get the hot food in my mouth. You know, I don't want to wait the hot coffee. I've never burned myself. Ever, Are you seriously ever? You've never had a big old bubble on your no, mouth? That, no, but I don't. Go, I don't no. believe you. Go on, <laughs> go on, Neanderthal. <laughs> I guess Neanderthals didn't have microwaves, so right. maybe that didn't really happen to them. I mean, you, you get like hot coffee, for instance. It's like you know, I can't. I only wait. drink. I only drink iced coffees. <laughs> I only, get, I only wait to. You know, it's funny. My my son-in-law or my not my son-in-law. Your son-in-law. Son. <laughs> Paige is married. Oh my god! You didn't even invite me. He doesn't. He doesn't drink hot drinks. Period. Stop. Does not drink. I hot don't. Drinks. I don't. I rarely drink hot drinks. Hot, like I, like hot I, chocolate. I mean, I'll drink it. No if coffee, someone, no tea. No, no, You're Asian. You don't drink hot tea. I'll drink it if someone puts it in front of me, uh-huh. like I, if I have to in a social setting. But I, I don't seek. I never seek out hot drinks. Really? Ever. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. I learned something. Actually, new actually, try stuff. to avoid hot drinks. Like so, so pretty much everything I always want to drink, I always want it cold, right? Uh-huh. Cold with ice, cold. Right. Right. Okay, we're we're past the time, right? Yeah, yeah. It's time to go. Um. We had dinner at Palmas again. It was fantastic as always. We we told ourselves that we we're gonna try to force ourselves to try out new places, you know, at least at least every other time because otherwise we're gonna just keep hitting up our favorites and what else can we say except for we love it. I tried Chris's deli in Ocean Beach. I called. I was told can you I was just trying to find out what time the deli closed because it's a liquor store deli. Mm-hmm. And he said can you hold for a minute? And I said, sure. And four minutes later. And I listened to him ringing people up for four minutes, and I just hung up. And then I called back, and it was the busy tone. Do, do, do. And I told Preston I have not heard the busy tone for probably two decades or right. something like that. <laughs> I mean, who even has landlines? 
I love, I love, yeah, I love I when people ask you. They they always say like, "Oh, is this a cell phone or a landline?" Like, and I always say, "Who still has a landline?" Yeah, even my, my parents, parents maybe. My, even, even actually, my I don't parents. even think my parents have a landline. My parents are so anti-digital. Everything you know, my dad wouldn't pay bills online because he was afraid hackers were going to steal his shit. That's okay. My brother's like that. And even <laughs> him, he he got rid of his landline like years ago. So, oh God, if your dad did it, then <laughs> shoot. <laughs> All right, man. Thanks for listening. It was nice talking to you. Of course. Always a pleasure. And uh, we'll see you guys later. Bye.